everybody. Welcome to another Whiskey Web and Whatnot. We tried to record last week and it didn't, or maybe two weeks ago. I don't even know. It didn't work well. So here we are again. We have a guest with us today, Sunday from Work at Smart Logic, right? Yes. Hi. Yeah. Um, and of course, as always, we have my co host, Charles W. Carpenter III. And today we have. A Four Roses. Did we just jump right into the whiskey? I don't even remember how we do this. But, it's the um, format yeah. anymore. We do start with whiskey, <laughs> so that's the correct format. I did listen to the last few episodes, and you started with whiskey every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I know that we do, but I didn't know if like we should let you say more things about yourself, or like what we usually have done with guests, or if we just kind of jump right in. I might struggle with the bottle, so I can do an intro <laughs> while I'm working sure. on that. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so, Sunday, I know Robbie from like a million jobs ago for me at this point. Um, but I'm Elixir Dev. Uh, been Elixir Dev for the last few years. I work remote at a company called Smart Logic. I have a podcast or I'm a co-host on a podcast called Elixir Wizards, uh, mm-hmm. where we talk about all things Elixir. We try to have a guest on, talk about what's, what's new in the community, uh, raise voices in the community, that kind of fun stuff. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else interesting at the moment, but that that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, did you used to work in Ember? Is, that, uh, is there no. any overlap there? No. Absolutely wow. not. I don't think I've nope. even like, seen Ember code, so this yeah. is a fun, <laughs> fun one. Um, there was a job that I had at one point where I was not doing Ember. It, I thought may you not did realize. some Ember, though. I thought you did some Ember on a one-off thing. I may have, like... There may have been some internal thing where I got to choose what I was using, but everything I was working on was Angular 1. So we're like, mm, you know, yes. 14 versions like, ahead of that now or whatever. Yeah, they yeah. moved to the next Angular the summer after you left, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we have a Four Roses today. I was just going to like lift it up and show it, and then I realized we weren't recording video. So yep. it's not really, not really a point to that. But um, mm-hmm. so the designator for this one, yes, this is this is my cue. This is my chime. Uh, yeah, so the designator <laughs> for this one is usually called the yellow label, although I'm noticing it to be much more tan. Actually, mm-hmm. the color of the walls in the distillery, I think now. But um, so it's an 80 proof, just basically their entry level uh, bourbon. And the ma- I was just looking up uh, on my favorite breaking bourbon, the mash bill. It looks like it's. Uh, a big mix of things. Um, well, this can be a little bit uh, confusing, but it looks like it has 75% corn, 20% rye, 5% malted malted barley. But then there's like some other numbers there. But it's those three. So it's a blend of those three in some configuration, it appears. Kind of makes sense. It does have a sweetness to it. Get yeah, to the I next thought- fun part, which is pouring it. I thought if uh, it was Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, like all of those names, that it like had to be even more corn, or is like maybe I'm wrong on that? Is it still only fifty one percent is like the designation? Or yeah, yeah, the straight bourbon whiskey is it's just marketing. Doesn't really amount okay. to anything. Yeah. All right. That was really Ooh, loud. Nice. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that, we we like the sound effects. I try to pour near the mic and like yeah. I'm I'm utilizing my fancy Norlin. Yep, um, this is the only glass I use. I think it's called the neat glass. Oh yes, I've seen oh, those. I've actually the used them. Yeah, those are cool. Are they neat? Well, so mm-hmm. the funny thing is, I could never drink this like any any anything in the whiskey family until I had it out of a neat glass, and then I liked most things after that. Just less yeah. burning or what? I Yeah, less burning. I think that's probably yeah. it. More of the alcohol touches oxygen and gets some of that, um, I don't know, those aromatics out. Yeah, so it's shaped funny. I always look <laughs> a little bougie when I, I'm drinking out of it, but, you know, it lets me drink it. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, whiskey drinkers are known with... as bougie. These <laughs> yeah. days, maybe, yeah. Nothing wrong with fancy glasses. Yeah, Chuck and I have the same one. Mine's just clear and his is... Insulated. It's like a double-walled 
Thing. Yeah, it's it's not even really. Yeah, I guess it is like kind of insulated from your fingers. So all it is is a gl normal Glencarn with like the second layer around it, so that way you don't warm it up with your fingers. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I have a feeling if this was not in a neat glass, it would be burning. I don't yeah. know. Eighty proof little, little is pretty burn. low. It proves pretty low. It's pretty high corn. It's pretty, uh, pretty woody. So, I guess for context, since you guys are like whiskey aficionados, the only whiskey that I really liked is we what we went to the DC Costco has a really nice liquor selection, and we picked out this huge bottle of Larceny, and. My boyfriend really liked it, and I tried it out of this knee glass, and I was like, oh yeah, this is good. And we just drank that until it was gone. <laughs> not in one weekend, nice. not in one sitting. Um, Especially a Costco-sized bottle. Yeah, that's yeah. it's a huge bottle. Um, and yeah, I, I really liked that, and I just, I had no concept of anything else I liked. It was the first thing that I really just was like, yeah, I drink that any given, like, whenever we're like, oh, let's get a drink. Like, that would be, that would be the one. Nice. Um, but then he went to Kentucky, tried a bunch of other stuff, and then so when when I knew this was coming up, I asked him for like what what should I you know think about trying? And we also were limited to what we could get from the Drizzly app because I'm also peak lazy. So mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I looked for that. something that wasn't like too cheap, not too expensive. We landed here. All right. Well, yeah. there you go. It's all. I mean, the sky's the limit from here. Let me just say that. Larceny's a good choice. It's a good, like, middle bourbon. Uh, I think it's a little higher rye. It actually, it's from the Heaven Hill Distillery. And fun fact, it's supposed to be the same mash bill that old Fitzgerald was. So it used to be, like, a popular, well, it was a huge one in, like, the 60s and 70s and continued on and bounced around to a few distilleries before landing at Heaven Hill. And they, it was less expensive so they like kind of remarketed it as larceny to up the price point or whatever and there's a, a recently they uh they did a barrel proof larceny that people really like but it's hard to find that's the fun chuck thing. are we wearing cool. the same shirt right now um maroon ship shape shirt <laughs> <laughs> robbie i was also going to ask you about this like cardboard octopus you have back on your your couch back there but i actually can't tell if that's what that is oh it is um it's <laughs> well it's wooden but it, it's a light up sign and i uh have to find someone to mount it and wire it in and no one wants to do those things so there mm. it sits um <laughs> just need to find a handyman who's okay at electric yeah yeah i mean i might just mount it myself and then maybe you and i will do the electric when you come to town <laughs> I'm excited for that. So I'll just check up on my insurance policy before we come out. Uh, so I guess we should uh, rate this whiskey before we get too far I was going to say, let's thing. regress back to, uh, to I, what we're... I do really like your rating scale. <laughs> the tentacles? Yeah. I, I yeah. think, um, again, one of those moments where I'm just like sitting at home by myself, listening to a podcast with headphones on, and I'm like bursting out laughing because I... <laughs> Here that you rated on a scale of tentacles. <laughs> you didn't think that was fishy? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right, we'll see everybody later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks um, for wasting a few minutes of your life. Nine minutes approximately so far. Um, yeah, so Sunday, I think you should go first in your feedback of. So, since my larceny explorations, I've had a few others. And um, some of those, I'm, I'm really bad at talking about this, but I will try. Um, I feel like other ones I've had had like hints of vanilla or other kind of notes, I guess. I'm not getting really anything from this. I know I'm drinking it and I'm just getting bourbon. That's, that's what I'm getting. Yep. So. Yeah. I don't think you're far off. I get a little sweetness in the nose. Um, like maybe a slight molasses or something like a heavy sweet, not a great sweet. Like, uh, and then when I taste it, yeah, I'm not the, the flavor is pretty mellow. 
and there's a little bit of like woodiness to it, which you would expect since it sat in wood for a bit, but like, yeah, it's not complex at all. Um, these, this price point and proof and things like that, a lot of times people would utilize this as a cocktail base because it's giving yeah. you a little bourbon, but not really much else. And you don't feel bad mixing those flavors. Yeah, and old fashioned is my favorite mixed drink. So maybe I'll just whip go. out a few of those. So I'm maybe gonna give it a four tentacles. Right in the middle. I don't think that's wrong. Yeah, I taste it, I'm just like, oh, you sat in some wood. Um, <laughs> you're a little warm on my tongue. Not much of the hug. I don't know if you listen to any of the episodes where we talk about the Kentucky hug. I have missed the hug. So basically how much burn it has going down, we call it a hug. I am warm. So yeah. okay. maybe it's like a, a side hug, a one-armed hug. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like maybe a COVID-friendly hug. Just approaching. <laughs> Uh, I call yeah, it the coworker I, hug. Yeah. <laughs> the kind of hug you give your coworkers. You don't know yes. them that well. <laughs> right. That's good. That's fair. I mean, giving them a hug at all is actually kind of, you know, a whole other approach. It's like, we're coworkers. Well, my, my, first, my first job was with Robbie, and that was a whole, we were friendly people. He doesn't yeah. seem like much of a hugger to me, so. Yeah. I mean, I was not the most outgoing of the people, obviously, but, but no, I don't mind hugs. You rolled with it. can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so I would say, Sunday, if this is your first foray into Four Roses, don't judge them on this. Uh, I think they have a lot of really good stuff. And even if you just go get their single barrel, I think it's like you know, usually in the 35 to $40 range, really good. You might enjoy that if you like the Larceny. Similar like price point and quality level and a lot more things going on. Yeah, and it should be fun because, I mean, we have a little bit of larceny left, and then I stocked up for this because I didn't quite know where we were going, so I just got them all. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you got them all? What does that well, mean? Well, okay, the idea, okay, hold on, let's see here. Uh, okay, yeah, let's... so my boyfriend brought back Russell's from Kentucky. That was the one he brought back. Russell's Reserve, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday the... we tried 1792, which Robbie said he couldn't find in Virginia. Right, Robbie? It's okay, anyway. Yeah. Well, I actually liked it a lot. I tried it for the first time yesterday, and that one, like, I really liked the sweetness and the, like, notes of vanilla, and my boyfriend and uh, we had a friend over, they both were like, this is all you. It's right. yours. Is it and weeded? And I was like, you know, is it what? Weeded. So weeded usually means they use wheat in the mash bill, and then it'll, like, have some more sweetness, but not always, like, a requirement. The fun yeah, thing people. is that this is right above my laptop, so when I pull I love these it. things out of the, the cabinet, I'm always scared I'm going to drop it on the computer. <laughs> mm. One time my cat made it up there while the, <laughs> the cabinet doors were open. Um, bottled in bond. Means it's 100 proof. Yep. That's really all it says, 100 proof. Yeah, you can always look it up a different time. Um, so... Okay, yeah, interesting. So you got some Russells, you got some 1792, you're just uh, mixing up. I didn't know if you got all of the Four Roses. Like, oh, I don't know, I got <laughs> oh, how many Four no, Roses no, no, no. they had. <laughs> I don't even like, remember what was on the app as an option. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, alcohol delivery, we're living, we're living the life. This is the yeah, dream. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It really is. It's, uh, I mean, anything, yeah. just like anything, the food, the booze, anything you need. Um, Unless you live in the country, and then you don't right. get any of that. Yeah. Well, you've gone back like 10 years or so in life. Um, but you got all that space. Quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. How you was know, your move? Um, the move itself was pretty good, actually. We got a good moving company, and the guys put like three boxes behind them each somehow. Like carrying boxes that were taller than them behind them and also behind them seems hard, but I guess they can like kind of squat it more that way or something. Huh. So they were really efficient and fast and good. And, um, then, you know, since then everything in the house has broken on us and, um, we have not fully unpacked and like, I don't know, we're it's taking a while to get settled and, and actually enjoy being there, but, but it's okay. That stuff happens. I don't want to move again for a while. Just like 
I'm fixing yeah. all the stuff at my house. Why do I want to make it easy for the next person right away? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to live a little more in there. Yeah. After moving so many years in college and then just like as soon as I got to DC, it was like, let me just hang on. So I was a few years at my first place, I've been this place for a few years. Might be looking at moving next year. Just living in DC is a little difficult. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> I'm going to put a pin in that for a second. I'm going to come back to close out my Four Roses thing. And I think that <laughs> I'm giving mine three tentacles, not because it's necessarily bad. Ooh. It's not great either. Have you ever gone to a three on this podcast? Oh, yeah. I had there. one where I was like, <laughs> I hated it. And oh, I would have given it negative drink. three. Yeah, I gave, I think I gave that away. Yeah. So, which, if you knew me, for one, I don't like to waste. It's like this problem that I have is I hate wasting. So I'll even eat things that like, I don't, I don't like it that much, but I don't want to throw it away and waste it. So to like give away whiskey, I guess, yes. Um, I don't know, it's just something that's ingrained in me. I just hate wasting. Um, that's why I'm the one that always eats leftovers. But uh, yeah, no, I, that one was so bad, I, I gave it away. Right, because I was like, I just, I can't, can't tolerate this. Um, yeah, so like three is just more like, <laughs> he was just yeah. like, yeah, I need a different, different whiskey. I'm gonna go get a different one. Right now. Yeah, I can't keep drinking and talking to you with this. Um, so yeah, three isn't necessarily like, oh, this is horrible. It's more of a, it's, it doesn't offer very much. Drinking it on its own is kind of like meh. And I think what it's like. 20, $25, something like that. Again, I think about other things that I know I can get at that same price point, like Buffalo Trace, $25 all day long. I can, I can straight drink that, just sip that. So it's just meh, doesn't offer me anything. Yeah, I think I would say four or five actually. Like thinking about middle of the road whiskeys, I kind of always go back to like Jack Daniels and it's like, that's kind of your sweeter one that's like, less expensive and you know everyone knows what it tastes like it's like your mcdonald's of whiskey kind of you know what i mean i'm trying so to then remember it's like, what it tastes like in the neat glass because that helps mm, me put yeah, it mm. at the right place and i feel like i have tried that once at like a christmas party with family once do you travel with a neat glass is that what's is this like no um <laughs> my so my boyfriend was the one who found them and then his family he got them for them so they were at the house already. Gotcha. And okay. his family, they're like big, you know, they, they drink more at family gatherings than my family. Like my family's like a wine, maybe beer kind of situation. Uh, his is his is whatever, whatever drinks are going to be made. They will be drunk. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I hope his family doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm just saying. Just I think they would agree with my assessment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fair assessment. <laughs> Um, yeah, as long as they're not ashamed of it, it's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. No shame in that game. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting equalizer, I guess, where I, I wonder if I would feel that Jack Daniels is a four. It is sort of like oh, the no, Starbucks no. or McDonald's like, of, of. You're saying the, the Jack Daniels uh, is a one, Robbie? I'm saying the Jack <coughs> Daniels is like a three. And then and this, I'm saying this is a, a step or two above a Jack Daniels for me. Like it's mm. not quite as sweet. And it's, I don't know, it's just a little bit better, I think. I, I don't know why I hate Jack Daniels so much, honestly, but. Usually it's you know, one night in college. Yeah, yeah, well. I was gonna say that's just why I can't drink uh, Jim Beam White Label ever. It's yeah, a couple of years in college. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I just can't go back there. Yeah, I don't know, like Jack Daniels is maple filtered and that gives it that consistency, right? Oh. It's sort of like Starbucks burns their beans because that gives them consistency kind of the same tactic, I guess. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. Reasonable. Um, oh, and so, yeah, there, that's how, where we've landed, I guess, on our tentacles. It's all right. I'd put it in a cocktail. It won't go to waste. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll drink it. It'll go yeah. in my collection of way too many whiskeys that Caitlin does not like me having because they take up <laughs> a lot of space. <laughs> Luckily, I'm coming out to visit. We'll, uh, we'll handle that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm not committing to a visit yet, Robbie, but I am working on getting a car. My, my first, like, <laughs> I'm living in the city, but I'm getting a car, so I'd like to be able to do things, visit people. Wow. Um, I don't love driving, so an hour 
so outside of the DC area might be a stretch for me, but I'll work up to it. Um, yeah, we can I will meet be in the commuting. middle at like a, a winery that's not all the way out here or something. That, yeah, that could work. Um, but I will be commuting like an hour on Fridays because uh, I've rejoined my old skating team. So I'm on the synchronized skating team again. Mm. And so mm. that's sort of what the push was for the car because uh, I didn't want to have to get a ride every time. Um, get, getting a car in 2021, by the way, peak impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that was fun, but somehow figured something out, be here at the end of the month, let you know how that goes. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's fun. I also don't have a Friday after or evening, uh, anymore until like I die. No, April. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah. I'm so dumb. I'm, I'm doing the car thing twice this year. So anyway, I was like, oh yeah, those people are dumb. Why would they do that? And then two different life things <sighs> happen that I'm like, well, I guess I'm doing that now. So what part of D.C. do you live in? I'm right next to the zoo area. Mm-hmm. Cleveland um, Park, right? Like, to the right of that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I think you mentioned you really liked the whiskey bar that was in Adams Morgan. Um, I never, oh, was it Jack? Something Jack Rose, was, yeah. Yeah, I never made it there because that was my pre-whiskey days. Um, Is it gone? Yeah. Uh, mm. You know, honestly, I just... I kind of move forward with thinking everything's gone until I've confirmed it's there still. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. It's a really bad way to live. This is how I'm living. I'm actually like reeling right now because my favorite sushi place is gone. My like, my go-to coffee shop is, is like closed right now. I don't even want to say this cause like, I'm scared. I'm jinxing it cause I don't know mm. for sure that they're closed. They just weren't open this weekend for the first time in six years. So I'm just sort of like, <sighs> yeah. mm. anyways. I'm going to cancel yeah. my trip, actually. I'm like, Jack Rose is gone. I, I'm not sure what, what I'm doing there. I just checked. I think it's. Uh, I think it opens, said tomorrow at 5. So okay. they're open, maybe not every day. Were they open every day before? Yes. I mean, I didn't go every day. That would be a real problem. <laughs> I used to, uh, the first place we had in D.C., we lived like basically around the corner. And so that was dangerous. Um, mm, yeah. And whiskey wasn't quite as popular at that point. So you would get a lot of things for fairly normal prices. That's we went to a gone, lot of, we went to a lot of like happy hours and stuff on any given day of the week when, when Robbie and I worked at that job. Um, mostly because we, we had a, a New York office and whenever somebody was like coming down to visit the DC office, whatever day they were here, we'd like go out to hang out. If they were here on a Monday, if they were here on Tuesday, whatever, whatever day that was drinking day to the point where my roommate was like, why do you guys drink on Mondays? I was like, what's wrong with Mondays? You're right. <laughs> Better specials. That's why. <laughs> oh yeah. Less gosh. crowded. Those, those years were a blur. Mm. So many activities and happy hours. And, um, <laughs> to give you some like illustration of like the, the friendliness and like the, the way I kind of line it up in my head, like a fraternity in terms of like networking and, like I've met people who I didn't even work with there, but I've met them and they worked there after me or are working there now. And they didn't start when I was there and they'll hook me up with like a, like a network connection or they'll help me with some technology if they're working on it or just like, I've never talked to them before, but they're, they're cool. They're cool to hang out. We even had like a reunion thing a few months ago or sorry, a few weeks ago in New York and mm. just so many different people from, I'm calling them different graduating classes. Uh, air quotes uh, came out to to hang out and it was really cool and that's oh. that's kind of the kind of place it was is was I don't know it's a different company now they got bought yeah yeah I mean I would say they they would did really well at like hiring and like culture fits and and that kind of thing so everyone was was really great but then just in terms of managing the company it didn't go as well so. yeah um, somebody I'm friends with who was on Robbie's team actually mentioned that. They were shocked that 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 company was bought and was successful because like it didn't seem like the product was gonna do well enough to be purchased. And then a company me and that person worked with later uh, actually shut their doors like two weeks ago and like laid off everyone who worked there. Obviously, it was a travel company, so kind of had to happen. Um, and we were just so sure that that was the company that was gonna make it. And just like here we are, summer twenty twenty one, and 
these two companies that me and my friend worked at were just like totally different directions. Like you never know how technology is going to go. You never know how the market's going to go or predict a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Making the assumption that like, as you know, things is the constant is kind of the problem, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very interesting stuff. So did you always work on Elixir stuff then? Was he, were you doing Elixir? No, that, then, was, or? that was pretty JavaScript heavy. Eh, kind of. That was like that job. Robbie was more on the JavaScript side and I was like more on the HTML, CSS, like branding side of things. Very front end kind of focused. Um, now I, when I work on Elixir, it's mostly back end stuff, but um, I am currently think we mentioned this top of the call i'm currently working in flutter on a mobile app so smart logic is a consultancy we build whatever a client needs to be built so sometimes it's a api sometimes it's a like a mobile app so we make whatever uh, app they need with whatever technology fits the bill we really like flutter um but yeah my like online persona as an elixir wizard and like on twitter or whatever is like yeah i write elixir um it's kind of funny because right now i'm writing uh, my talk for Elixir Conf in uh, Austin for I think it's October, and I'm like writing that, and then I'm like in work doing Flutter, <laughs> so my brain is like broken. <laughs> um, but yeah. I started uh, I started Elixir early 2019 at another job. I used Elixir on the back end, and that's how I got into it. Interesting. It was the first language that really clicked for me. JavaScript has always sent my head around in circles. Uh, I've had to ask like a thousand people for help no answer anyone's ever given me ever made sense. <laughs> Don't really know how to describe that. Uh, Elixir made sense. It read to me like English, um, it, it, which is interesting. Like the syntax looks like a, a little bit like Ruby. Um, and it's not like Rails at all in terms of like magic, but a lot of Rails developers are pretty comfortable with it right off the bat. I just, it didn't fail. It doesn't fail very often. It just doesn't if something's broken in production, it's usually not the Elixir app's fault. Um, so it was just a little more reliable and I could breathe a little easier. Right. Yeah. That makes yeah, a lot of sense. JavaScript doesn't give you a lot of safety in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. It just breaks and I guess you have TypeScript now, but yeah. <laughs> so there are layers to be forced upon, but, uh, yeah, that, that's what I used to like about Python back in the day is it felt like it was just oh, this is kind of like speaking what I want to happen. I just type that and then that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. Flutter is kind of similar in a different way. Um, the alternative to Flutter for us is React Native. <clears throat> and we kind of were experimenting with it because React Native is not reliable when it comes to upgrades. Anyone who's worked on a React Native project knows that upgrading from one version to the next, especially if you've missed a few upgrades, can be really, really bad, really heart-wrenching <laughs> for a developer. Um, so we, you know, we just gave Flutter a shot. Um, we took notes on how the first project went. We liked it enough to try it again. So this is our second shot at it. Um, it's, um, it was kind of amazing to start a Flutter app and just follow the docs for creating a new application and it running in 10 minutes on both an iOS and an Android emulator in 10 minutes on both in with their little like test incrementer app where in react native the ios one usually spun up okay fine the android one i'd be there for three days <laughs> don't maybe i'm like that's a unique experience but uh i just remember being shocked when i first ran my first flutter app yeah i've heard so like in terms of like feedback on react native i've definitely heard similar things and then people in the ionic capacitor camps uh it kind of depends on what you're trying to make the app do as to the level of difficulty and i think robbie can speak a little bit to that um trying to apply capacitor to an ember app um but i hear really great things about expo and they went into actual like production ready mode. So I'm curious if there's any kind of parallels there, but I know that it is like pretty recently that that happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, in general, I've heard some pretty good things about Flutter. I guess like the, the disparate bit to it is that if you have your web app, 
And then again, you have to sort of like write the native apps in a different language and React Native gives you more of that like one app to rule them all. So I guess like that's like really the only decision you have to make. But if you're if you're just writing an app that's like supposed to be native, then maybe like doesn't even matter, and you can have yeah. Like we've a, we've experienced both. Um, the other one was a backend in Elixir. We just wrote an API in Phoenix the way that we have done a million times. Just some REST endpoints. It hit them through the API on Flutter. Cool, worked out fine. Um, and. The thing that I, I think is really interesting, the thing that I like about Elixir is that when when you have done something wrong, Elixir is good at highlighting what's wrong by crashing. There's this concept of the let it crash mentality. It comes from Erlang. Um, it sounds scary to uh, CTOs usually, um, but the <laughs> when you say let it crash mentality, it's just that the app won't lie to you and pretend like it's gonna work and then fail silently. It will crash, like in development mode, right? There's ways for the user to not see that, but like it will crash and it'll tell you like, this is the exception, this is the line, the stack trace is really good. Flutter is similar in letting you know what's wrong by being like, a, <laughs> um, I wanna say like an overbearing older sibling, uh, <laughs> underlining everything that you've written you don't have yet. You don't have this package, you can't use it. Please import this. This is a quick fix. This is a setting. Um, it will not run unless your code can, can do what it's supposed to do, but it will tell you before you even try to run it. And you can't really hit run unless you, you know, fix those things. So it is kind of nice. It's almost like having um, a spell check. <laughs> uh, like, you know how we can't live without spell check now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. are these, I know pretty much nothing about Flutter or Elixir, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> are either or both compiled or do they just have really good like build time checking? Um, so Elixir, oh man, I'm really bad at answering this question. Um, I know compiled. Elixir has like, yeah. yeah, there are things that happen at runtime and compile time. So I guess you would call that compiled. Flutter, I don't know how you would describe it. Um, it, I think, so Flutter is a Google, um, entity. And so, um, they, they had like the resources to make a really comprehensive VS code extension. So I think that all of those hints and tips and tricks that come in come really far in the editor. I think that's how that kind of works. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Which is so also like, sort um, of fun because they do a lot of like little widget of the week YouTube videos and they're great. They're not just like great production. They've, they're worded well, like they're two minute videos and I learned so much in the two minutes and I just like, they're just so comprehensive. I don't, I don't think I know anything else that has content like that around the language or the, the framework. Yeah, the, like, they have the resources to evangelize it yeah. on all kinds of levels, right? Like make mm -hmm. it fun, make the, the path of learning. I don't know if they're doing as well around the Golang stuff, but people do love Golang. Um, go for Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, wow, that's true. How far uh, from the Tomster is that really? You know, hamster, gopher. I know, <laughs> Robbie, where you're going next in life. Uh, yeah, no. it's no, it's totally it's, different. <laughs> yeah, Flutter is an ex, a, like a more sane extension of Dart. I, from mm -hmm. what I, I don't know, I've heard yeah. or understand. It's, it's, like you're a, writing Dart. You're writing Dart. Uh, Flutter yeah. is just the framework. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, does it also give you a web app, or is it just more for mobile stuff? It does actually give you a web option. You can even debug it in web. If you don't have a simulator open, it'll default to your browser. Um, okay. I we haven't looked into it at all. Um, mostly because what we we were making really like is for mobile. <laughs> it wouldn't make right. any sense um, in a web version, but I guess for a developer, if they wanted that for debugging purposes, that could be good. Um, and if they wanted to not make things twice, you know, that could be good. I there's there's a whole gallery around Flutter that gives you like a lot of good examples. But um, yeah, I think for like ease of use, they're both great. Flutter is great. Elixir is great. Um, the, the big thing, you know, that I think we can probably both identify with for having worked in, for you guys working in Ember and like for me working in Elixir is there's like a very small niche community around it and like hiring for mm -hmm. it can be interesting. Um, people are very like loyal, uh, very like, um, not, not insulated, but you know, like 
very community people know community people for the most part it's kind of interesting i i know robbie did a lot of like open source work back in the day but this was my first foray into like a, a tech community yeah i mean there's some of the bigger ones like you know just getting on i think it was i guess it was a slack for like angular back in the day was it just was not welcoming like when you're in a huge community of you know everyone is just like you're like hey i'm having trouble with this and they're like just do it right like you know they're not not super <laughs> like helpful or welcoming and and i feel like when you have a smaller community they everyone like isn't like that because they, they want you to join the community and they want everybody to be helpful and like foster that that community and make it better so i i definitely think that's one of the the big selling points of ember and i guess elixir which i haven't <laughs> experienced that community myself but yeah yeah, yeah. it's been good good people's you know, you run into them at the conferences, which for me has majority majority of the time been um, virtual. But um, there's some some decent apps out there that do like the good meet and greet situation. I really like the Toucan app. Um, you have like little bubbles that float in and out, and the bubble is a person. And then when you join bubbles, you are talking to them like this, like we would be a three bubble thing in Toucan, and then. Uh, when somebody joins the app, it like will ding and then you can wave at them sort of like they walked into the room and you waved across the room and then they'll be like, oh, my friend's here. And then they'll go join your bubble. It's, mm -hmm. it's cute. It's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good rendition. We used it for a few conferences this year and it worked pretty well. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds nice. What was that thing we just used for happy hour, Chuck? I totally I forgot, forgot already. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to like reference cyclo I don't have Slack or anything open right now. So yeah, we used yeah. a thing that lets you do like break off sessions and, and icebreakers and things like that. Like, so we have a biweekly company happy hour and we usually invite a few extra people that we work with as consultants and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know, one big room. Sometimes people talk over each other and whatnot. So we try to change that That's by, that's kind of what Toucan will do too. Yeah, we should try that it's, one. I'm open it's to nice it. because when you're like, our, my company's like 20 something people. And so that's a little big for company happy hours. We tried it once for company happy hour and it was nice because you could still break off in the little groups. As people left, we ended up as one big conglomerate group still, but like, you know, at first it was three or so groups, you know, every once in a while people are talking about something you have zero interest in. So you're, yeah. you can just That never happens jump to me, out. that's so weird. No. You're just interested uh, in everything? In, no, I, everything I say, people are like, you know. Oh, you're just interesting. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes. Yeah, there you go. So, so I had one foray into Elixir. I was very interested in it because there is a lot of fanfare around it. There's a lot of this, like, discussion of, like, oh, it feels like natural language. And, uh, yeah, being on, like, uh, leveraging Erlang and, and this whole... Um, it just sounded very stable. And um, so I dove into it. We needed like a simple REST API, JSON API, because Robbie is an overlord. But um, so, <laughs> yeah, I went down the path and wrote one with that. And there's some nice packages that do some of the like the serialization and stuff for you. And it was cool. Um, <clears throat> but it felt like bringing a sledgehammer for something that was like really simple. Um, mm -hmm. So that, and at that time I was uh, working on some serverless stuff with a client too. So I was like, I don't know, let me do serverless with this. And then that, you know, made it just like simple AWS availability as needed because also like for that app, I didn't expect a lot of people were gonna utilize it. So like, why would I keep this up all the time and available all the time? But did I did enjoy kind of like- interface? No, none yeah. whatsoever. So yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If I was doing like, the admin on top of that or something mm -hmm. that I might've like stuck with it. But if I felt like, like, wow, I'm bringing a sledgehammer here and I, I just need like a little pin hammer, <laughs> really low availability. Like, yeah. So what did you end up using? Sorry. I think I might've missed that. Uh, I switched to AWS lambdas and then gotcha. utilizing uh, Cognito for login, like authentication mm -hmm. to it. So that was actually kind of a nice bolt on too is I could that utilize Cognito. Yeah. So smaller? Chuck likes pain and he likes buzzwords. <laughs> like if you say Kubernetes, he'll be like, ooh, let me just tell you about Kubernetes for like a long time. And I'm like, I as soon as you say that word, I just go, nope. 
Like not even it's listening. It's a box anymore. in the cloud that makes <laughs> your life Kubernetes easier. He says Kubernetes, and you stop listening. Yeah, yep. he definitely does. <laughs> so if you want, if you want to anger Robbie, just say mono repo. So I'm doing this <laughs> as a mono repo, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I hate that." And runs away <laughs> and drinks more whiskey. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it, I mean, so for authentication purposes, like authentication is really hard, and trying to do your own bespoke authentication. Uh, is like crazy unless like you have very specific needs and obviously there's like auth zero out there and aws has cognito services so yeah like basically deciding to use their serverless functions and then integrating cognito into it was was not that hard so i will say that this probably wasn't there at the time but elixir now has built-in off if you start a new project i think in phoenix one six oh gosh people can't quote me on these things Mm. Um, I'm pretty I'm sure Office is built in there now, um, which people are loving so far, as far as I can, I've heard. We, we um, at SmartLogic, since we spin up so many new apps, we kind of have like a standard example app that we start from. I think we built off like a while ago, like way before I started. Um, so we kind of have that and then we clone it over and then, you know, rip out what we need and use what we need. Um, so we haven't had to give it a go yet, but um What's there if you want to try again? Oh, there we go. I'll see if yeah, my boss think, will give me a chance. <laughs> I think the hardest part was getting it to be JSON API because like no one uses that other than Ember really. And so like getting that to work with any kind of package, unless you're using Rails, like Rails has a nice, just do it for me generator thing. And several times during Chuck being frustrated, I would be like, hey, maybe you could just use Rails and like generate this, but that didn't go over well. Does that, uh, I don't, I'm not familiar with this from Ember. Are you, is it just like you need a JSON files out of your endpoints? It's a it's, spec. It's basically a rest spec. So it says yeah. like the shape of your, okay. uh, your payloads in and out needs to look a certain way. And these are the rules around that. So I respect oh. the fact that, you know, there's, there are rules around it, but like, yeah, kind of like Robbie said, everybody's like doing GraphQL now, so they don't care about that yeah. stuff. Huh. It was before GraphQL and it kind of had some of the same ideas where like you don't have to include everything so you can tell it include these things and it will pull down those versus just always getting huge responses. So, I mean, it was ahead of its time. It just didn't really get picked up except by Ember because all <laughs> the people that wrote it are like Ember core team members. So, uh, surprise, it, it's here. Yeah. Um, no, it's yeah. fun for me. I really love watching the like history of talks. And so like, is it honey something, honey love or honey pot maybe makes these YouTube videos like the history of Ember, the history of Elixir. I think I watched oh, yeah. those both. Um, mm, it's honey pot. Yeah. Yeah. Like a I have to look that up. UK recruiting group or something. I think that sound right. Yeah. Uh, they got interviews for both. I remember watching the Ember one. I remember watching the Elixir one. Um, and they got interviews from like founders and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Um, on our recent season of the Elixir Wizards podcast, we got to talk to some of the Erlang founding members, which was wild because they built this thing 20, 30 years ago and we're building on top of it today and just to, like hear about how they, they weren't even out to make a programming language. They wanted to make a solution for telecom switches to not fail because they're, they can't. Um, and they came out with Erlang it was just wild. Um, you know, to have the opportunity because one of the uh, founders is no longer with us. Uh, just to have the opportunity to talk to them was super, super cool. So it's it's fun, you know. They say they joke. Everyone's got a podcast, but a uh, podcast lets you talk to people. <laughs> right there, yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah, that's our crazy podcast that, lets like... you let you drink during the day. <laughs> that that is true. That's really yeah. <laughs> it's the the fundamental foundation of this particular podcast is that. Oh yeah, and other things yeah. like technology and whatnot. I have a whatnot. Yeah, yeah. We're bad at, at following the format. We <coughs> kind of go all over the place, and you know, because we feel like there's people that probably only care about the whiskey or only care about the tech part or whatever. So we try to like do it in a row, but mm. we never really do. So people can't can't just skip around. Uh, but that's fine. Yeah, it's no big we deal. don't make it easy. Um, so we on our podcast, we do. We definitely have like a like a script. But sometimes it will just completely go off the rails, and that is usually the most fun. Um, mm. 
when we just throw the script out the window because we found something so interesting and so compelling about our guests that we had to dig into it. Like a weird <laughs> Olympic sport or like a childhood, how they got into programming was so crazy. I think someone got into it because they like wanted to like impress. They they got a girlfriend in like fifth grade by learning how to, they, they programmed like a MySpace page for a mm. like, boy oh, band or something. It's gotta be the first time in history that ever happened. <laughs> that you got a boyfriend or girlfriend by writing code until like later in life at least know. as a kid if, you, if your myspace is good enough mm-hmm. it, it brings mm-hmm. brings people in brings your yeah. top three you know you go from top three to top two because you know the top yeah. one is always reverse reserved for the best friend you can't put the significant over there no 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 mm. i remember <laughs> the rules oh man <laughs> i'm aged yeah. out of the rules i barely engaged on that so my brother, my younger brother got me involved in MySpace for like a minute. Like, okay. Oh, yeah. Background music. So cool. Yeah. It's it my song. You know, being an actual programmer now, it, I wonder about how unsafe <laughs> all of it was. Because you could just mm-hmm. be like, no, I want to move my comments here and like do this and like just execute JavaScript. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the big thing. There was like some guy that got like who wrote some virus that went across MySpace and it got famous. Mm. Yeah. If I'll you ever up. really want to cringe at yourself, look at your first Facebook post. <laughs> I, don't, first I don't have a f- one. I don't have a Facebook anymore, so I can't look at it. Right. Well, well it's probably you can't still cringe. there, right? Mm-hmm. This if is you why. turn it on. It might. <laughs> <laughs> Because they, um, it's particularly bad because it was like the status format where it would be like, Sunday is feeling this way or Sunday is oh, at a movie. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it was like, Sunday is wondering why something, something, something like that's mm. what statuses were back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not recommended for the future. Well, I hear the kids aren't even on social media now. It's just TikTok, which, does that count? That's content creation. I'm not counting that as social media. No, not really. (laughs) I don't know. That weirds me out. I mean, I'm on nothing. I have always been on nothing. I mean, I have accounts, but I never Mm -hmm. use social media. I never watch a YouTube video. I never do anything. You never watch a YouTube video? How do you learn to, like, fix stuff in your house? Because that's what YouTube is for me. It's like... I've done that some, but, like... Like Caitlin will watch YouTube videos like for fun, like entertaining ones and like, mm-hmm. or watch TikToks or, you know, whatever. I don't do any of that. I'm just like, I might watch like a classic TV show like kids used to watch before all this existed. But yeah. I remember mm. one time. Yeah, no. I'm- one time we came to hang out at your house, Robbie, and you, you had Nick Jr. on for, for Odie. And I just, my heart warmed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they Dogs Classic like uh, little kids' cartoons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My cat does enjoy cat TV, but uh, cat TV is a window of a of birds chirping, and she's almost mm. destroyed the TV. There. <laughs> so, <laughs> or destroyed herself really because she's launching herself <laughs> headfirst into it. So, none of that. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> no dangerous. That. Well, you know, not to get a bird now, right? Yes, I do know that. Um, we do have a squirrel who likes to hang out outside the window and taunt her literally like dances around on the fence like nah, 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 you can't get those you can't get yeah exactly <laughs> it's basically what the dance looks like when i see it classic squirrel. it's amusing mm-hmm. it is it is um but robbie you mentioning that you don't like do social media or like do anything it's just like sometimes years pass and i wonder like how i became friends with some friends <laughs> how did we become friends <laughs> <laughs> Just hanging out from work, I guess. Like, I I mean, I'd be on Slack. Like, you can reach me there. But, like, I'm not really (laughs) posting anything or or any of that. I think uh, we had one New York trip. It was a company-wide, like, New York thing where we all went out after. That was, like, a common thing. We had, like, the all-day meeting. Then everyone would, like, go out to dinner for the official thing. And then there were, like, three different after-hours things. And one of those things was karaoke. And Robbie, like, got up there and belted it. I think it was, like... Mm. I have no idea what it was. <laughs> yeah. Me and Dilu. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, this is going to be a thing that happens. We're taking a trip to Nashville in a month. It'll well, depending more than, on the state of the world. Yeah. But mm-hmm. It's planned Hopefully. as of now. Uh, and karaoke is as a must then. If not, then, mm-hmm. then another time. 
Yeah. I will oblige. Perfect. I had no idea. <laughs> this is worth it. The whole journey has been worth it now. Um, I also had no idea until it was right right in front of me. <laughs> You're like, I can't believe it. I'm very yeah. focused on my hydration right now, by the way. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, Holding perfect. Yeah, I like where you're going. I mixed the two <laughs> for specific reasons. I started getting into electrolytes. Now, I know that that's just salt, mm. but there are a number of like electrolyte focused companies and they're adding potassium and some, some other things in there. So I've been trying a bunch of different ones. Today, I'm having some liquid IV. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would say that's like somewhat effective. Yeah. I, I have an electrolyte mix that I love. It's like lemon flavored. And when I add it to SodaStream, or when I add the soda stream water to it, it tastes like fizzy lemonade with mm-hmm. no sugar added. It just like straight up tastes like fizzy lemonade to me. I will drink that just to drink it when I don't <laughs> even need the electrolytes, which might be yeah. bad, but um, when I'm working out a lot, like I need the electrolytes, otherwise I will just get dizzy. Um, mm. So, so that, if you, if you replace the, the term working out with drinking, <laughs> same thing, basically yeah. is where I'm at. So yeah, I have like, you know, well today might be, Different, but yeah, I'll have you know two, three drinks a day, I think, give or take. I, I learned the the lesson of of like going lighter on carbs when I happen to be working out a lot, and I actually think I made myself bedridden for two days. Mm. I couldn't walk around without like falling over. Um, or yeah, I think I was going keto at the time. That could have been. Oh it. yeah, so trying to make so that I went transition. All in on the, I made the transition into <clears throat> it and was working out a ton, and so mm. I was so dizzy. That I was like, okay, I understand what happened now. Um, I will just make a pot of rice and only eat that. So I just <laughs> carb loaded and electrolyte loaded. Yeah. I got right. better in 48 hours, but it was a rough two days. <laughs> <laughs> so are you doing a lot of cardio then? Um, I do a lot of training. Okay. Like a training. Yeah. Like a lot of YouTube. A lot of YouTube, Robbie. This is the <laughs> wonderful world of YouTube. Free workouts. That's um, true. Yeah. I've done yeah, some TRX really workouts like, from there. Yeah, I like the ones that don't have any like um, equipment. I have a very small apartment. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, but now okay. I'm skating again, so I have to figure out what kind of like cardio world that that means for me. Because <laughs> uh, I, when you do a whole routine, it's only like two minutes, but you're just like your heart rate is like at one seventy, <laughs> whatever. Mm, wow. <laughs> Um, and the physics of synchro skating is ridiculous because like you're all linked up together and then, um, like you're physically linked by hands and shoulders. And so if somebody's rotating, like the person who's at the, the slow moving end of the pivot will not be moving at all, but the person at the end will be like going 30 miles per hour. Mm. And if they let go or, or you let go of them, you know, they fly into the wall. Fun time. Ill-advised. Yeah, yeah ill-advised. Yeah, I think I would take the slow side. <laughs> Happy to be, hold on to you as you move. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's way more challenging uh, in terms of like thinking about the physics. When I was a solo skater, I didn't think about any of that stuff. And it's way more fun to be a synchro skater. And just being on a team. Team is way more fun. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't even consider this as a possibility, synchronized skating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to have to do some like YouTubing swimming, but with after this. Right. <laughs> you have to consult YouTube to see what it's like, Ravi. Yeah, there was actually, um, do you remember that era? I'm going to censor myself. There was an era where YouTube videos were, oh, Ravi wouldn't know. Maybe I'm asking a check. The YouTube video trend where it was like stuff people say to, insert group here, stuff people say to athletes, stuff people say to college students i don't know and they were all basically stereotypes mm. um and the stuff is not stuff uh it's the other word yeah yeah um and um <laughs> my team made one in college for like stuff people said figure skaters uh synchro skaters specifically and one of them was like synchronized skating is that like synchronized swimming where the water's frozen because <laughs> <laughs> you're not in the water that would be very difficult Actually, I explained to my boyfriend recently about how rinks actually don't use, like, they don't flood the floor with water and then let it freeze. That's not how it works. They're like slim blocks of ice. Sort of like mm. grass. When you get grass on your lawn, you get it in rolls and you roll it out. You don't roll the ice out. I'm pretty sure it comes out in blocks and you like, set it down. And huh. um, 
then you do like zam over it with uh, the Zamboni and then the ice, like the water comes out of the Zamboni and that like makes a cohesive surface. Um, I just I no idea. I learned that. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> How about um, that? There's a there's like a company that's doing synthetic ice that doesn't melt and you can just lock it together and you people have like been figure skating in their their kitchens and their their um front uh what do you call it pave pavement or like on tennis courts or whatever wherever they can put it down wherever it's flat um and it doesn't need to be cold it just like is slippery enough and it feels like real ice and i was explaining that and i was explaining how it wasn't too different maybe from like ice in an ice rink everyone's mind was blown <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I don't understand how that works. Truth be told, I don't understand how the synthetic ice works, but uh, it's interesting. Yeah, because like it would wear down quickly. Yeah, and yeah. Then it's it seems cheaper like it than old down. synthetic ice. Like other, like when I was growing up, people did like rich friends, maybe like rich skaters would have synthetic ice in their backyards, and that was super expensive. This seems a little more accessible. Mm. You could put it in your apartment. Mm. And skate around for lunch and whatnot. Maybe you know. spin. <laughs> Definitely not jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun stuff. I, I mean, it's crazy to think that like I'm doing something with my life during the, these times. But really, <laughs> has have to do something because I'm just, I'm just like burning burning up in like energy. And, ugh. Yeah, I, I have all done relate to that. Any physical activity of really any kind in a long time. It is mm -hmm. not good. Yeah. I did yeah. finally reassemble my Peloton. That's as far <laughs> as I got. I haven't ridden on it yet. But mm. <laughs> I put my rower back together too and I have a space for it now. And, and then I sleep in in the morning. And sleeping in is like 6.30 and then the kids are up and then. The most no consistent I ever was, was I would do like a five, like 5 p.m. whenever it would be, no matter where I was, I just, or wherever I was in my work, I would just put a pin in it. I would be already dressed. Like I would be wearing like workout clothes all day, whatever. I'm working from home. Uh, then at six, I would finish working out around 6 PM. I might finish up whatever Slack messages I had and then figured out dinner. That was a really good schedule for a long time. And then when the summer hit, I just was so hot. <laughs> I have no energy in the summer, like zero energy. I was just laying around like, like a big potato. <laughs> Figurative and literal. I eat a lot of potatoes, so yeah. <laughs> literal might be more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> French fries are delicious. Mm, hash browns. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, there we go. Trader Joe's, two yeah. two fifty a pack. I don't know that. I can top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I can't figure out how to cook, cook hash browns. I get in trouble for doing it really badly. Hmm. Well, you know. Robbie, I'll have to come over to your, your new house. Make sure that you've outfitted your kitchen with all the things. You need an air fryer to really make hash rounds perfect. Mm. Well, that's that's the problem then. <laughs> that's true. I put them I've done, in, I've, in a I've done it in a cast iron, but it takes a lot more time. I'm sure the, ha uh, yeah. The air, I am an air fryer believer. Um, I really just take the frozen hash browns out, air fryer for like 15 minutes on the french fry setting. Perfect. Done make mm. eggs on the side it's great all Easy right well day. we'll just get that and i'll stop trying to put them in a pan because like <laughs> the directions even tell you like you know exactly what to do right like put yeah, however much butter or oil or whatever it says and it's like mm -hmm. you know keep it there then flip it but then i go mm -hmm. to flip it and like most of the bottom is stuck and like mm. it doesn't flip and then i get like mashed potatoes it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work right this is actually mm. now that i'm thinking about it this is not the first time that i've advocated for a cooking appliance to Robbie and even went as far as saying that I would come over and do it for you because we did that once with the sous vide. The, the sous vide, yeah. We yeah. made sous vide yeah. steak. I was like, Robbie, you gotta have this. So I literally packed up my entire sous vide kit, <laughs> went over there and made steak. <laughs> and then did you buy one? No. But I also <laughs> I was not a good salesperson, I guess. Oh no no, it was good. It does just, work. Works good. We don't really perfect. We hadn't really cooked much until we like now that we can't just get everything delivered, we mm. have to cook and like we probably should get more cooking appliances. But before we were just really lazy and like, hey, there's a restaurant like right next door. Let's just go there <laughs> instead of. I so sous vide can be, this is a whole thing. I mean, I'm looking at the time. I just want to make sure like I could talk about cooking all day long, but I will say <laughs> sous vide 
can be work, but it actually makes weekdays easier if you do some prep on the weekend, like, like most things. But you vacuum seal chicken, steak, whatever. You can do it from frozen, so you just toss it into a water bath. I mean, I think the easiest dinners I've ever had, I happen to have a butcher down the street. I'll like walk over to the butcher. He knows I have a sous vide. He'll pack the steak for me with the butter and rosemary inside. Vacuum Ooh, seal nice. it for me. I get home. I just drop it in the water. Wow. Ooh, that or sounds I can, amazing. I also am fully capable of vacuum sealing it myself. That's fine. Um, he just takes the step away. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's magic. I would, yeah, I would go I didn't know to that, that was guy. an option. Um, they, some butchers will actually like sell it to you vacuum sealed because it's just easier. So the meat doesn't drip everywhere. Um, right. So yeah. if they happen to, if you find someone that does that, then you can maybe ask them to salt it and pepper it for you. Most things don't need a lot of flavor, so. Yeah, totally. Wow. You need to, uh, yeah. you need to meet your butcher, your local butcher. It's probably a butcher out yeah. there. There's, there's there one in Marshall, I think. Um, haven't been there. I mean, Caitlin doesn't eat meat, so like. Oh. Uh, it's all for you. I, I'm still oh, not opposed to You can do vegetables going, in the sous vide, by the way. You can. Yeah, it's not as worth it. <laughs> yeah. I so maybe, maybe, maybe we'll go down the air fryer route for you too. Yeah, yeah. We've been thinking about one, but I don't know. We just haven't. She doesn't eat meat, but the but the buffalo wings out of an air fryer are the truth. They're so good. <laughs> well, They're like do, perfect, uh, as good as like cauliflower any wings. Mm. So okay. Could do well, that. Well, maybe maybe you could do real wings and then she can do cauliflower mm. wings. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm whispering yeah, I mean, that I, to you. She me. doesn't she doesn't listen to this <laughs> podcast, that's for sure. No. I think the the thing that I've noticed that's consistent amongst friends who are podcasters is that significant others do not listen to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My wife listened to the first one, evangelized to some of our friends who all were not in tech. They all mm -hmm. like listened to the first one and then I'm certain never came back. <laughs> And hey, if any of you did stick around and uh, are listening right now, let me know that I'm a liar. Yeah, but I feel pretty. Confident. I know uh, one of my friends listens to it. Who's not? He doesn't code. I mean, he's kind of technically he's an engineer, but like he just listens to it because it's me. It's like it's just fun to listen to you. <laughs> like, okay. I think the but, hardest part, at least for me, is like if I'm listening to like let's say this podcast and Robbie will say something about like how his name was actually. Bob Billy instead of Billy Bob, I'm sitting there screaming because I like want to say something. And I could text Robbie <laughs> and be like, oh my gosh. And he'd be like, what? That conversation was like four weeks ago. I don't remember what you're talking about. You know? Like, right. Yeah. I'm not I'm saying sorry. he said that. I'm saying like, this is usually the experience. Um, and like my coworkers have said that about our podcast too, because it's a work podcast um, where they'll listen to the podcast like later on. And because they know us, because they work with us, they, they're like sitting there like, oh, I just want to chime into the conversation. Um, and it's it's funny to hear to hear that feedback. Mm. I don't think I have any friends who listen to it either that are not in like the Elixir community. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is like, even though some of our friends are technical, it's like, it depends on the technology or specific thing you're talking about, I guess. But I don't know. I listen to a lot of different stuff, even if I have no idea what they're talking about, just mm -hmm. to kind of like get some perspective, I guess. But my yeah, my pod favorite podcast right now is the Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, Braving the Elements recap, where they talk the um, people who voiced characters in the show are going through each episode and talking about nuances in the episode and like judging the overarching themes. And I'm just sitting there like the biggest nerd in the world. I don't miss a <laughs> single one. <laughs> I, I don't want to change the rating of, of this particular podcast, but the, the one that I'd been listening to recently and started up in a, a road trip that we took over the summer is called My Dad Wrote a Porno. And it is amazing. It's yeah, these three British folks. Uh, the one guy, his dad wrote uh, erotic literature uh, in his retirement and they spend a, each episode reading a chapter and it's ridiculous and the the writing is horrible and that's what they're they're just basically like what is this and this is your dad and i feel bad for you and <laughs> that's really all i need to say i can't obviously get in into it uh, spoiler alert worth it really. strong no just such a strong no 
I mean, it's not though. <laughs> like what they like consider, like there's nothing erotic about this literature. It is like so bad and so ridiculous. Uh, and this old man has no grasp of either writing style, um, uh, grammar or anatomy. Let's just say that. Oh God. He's so. just having a fun time. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, anyway. Well, on that note, we're over an hour here, so we'll wrap it up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Sunday, for coming on. Uh, if you liked it, please subscribe. Um, I don't know what I usually say here, but we're done. So, catch you guys next time. Bye.